Ruth Bader Ginsburg died yesterday. She'll be remembered for her legal work, her historical place on the Supreme Court, and her tireless efforts to ensure the rights of countless people across the country. Her work allows us to sit here today, to work in our chosen fields, and live the lives of our choosing with all the freedoms that entails. May her family and loved ones find peace in the outpouring of love, support, and admiration. May her enormous and inspirational legacy be protected, and may her last wish be our rallying cry. Thank you, Justice Bader Ginsburg. Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched Sweet Home Alabama, which came out in 2002 and stars Reese Witherspoon, Patrick Dempsey, and Josh Lucas. Allison, what were your predictions? Yes. Well, Carrie, we've been in quarantine for six months now, so it should come as no surprise that I've already watched this movie during the lockdown. So... I will say when I watched it then, I thought it was going to hold up. When we watched it yesterday, I knew that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You also watched it like on the heels of George Floyd. Is that mm-hmm. right? I watched it because I was like, I, the world is, everything is bad and I'm tired. And so I was like, I'm going to find like a light, happy Reese Witherspoon rom-com. Now it was my own fault that I picked the one that if I had spent a few minutes thinking about it, I would have remembered that there's a lot of Confederate apology. Um, But I didn't think it through. So I watched it and I was like, here's going to be a light, uh, you know, joy filled evening of Reese Witherspoon. And uh, it, uh, I was wrong. I guess I had similar predictions because you had said that you had said like I watched it and it doesn't hold up. Um, I at one point in my life really loved this movie. Yeah, you like watched the DVD extras loved this movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't love it in the same way when I watched it last night. Um, There are still things about it that I find fun and charming and we'll talk about those. But um, overall didn't do a whole lot it's just not the time race witherspoon yeah yeah we should say so this movie the general plot is a burgeoning fashion designer in new york who is has become engaged to the mayor of new york's son uh dr patrick dempsey uh has to go back home to her like small Alabama town and secure a divorce from her high school sweetheart boyfriend played by Josh Lucas. Um, And she's like lied to New York and said that she comes from like a rich Southern uh, family because I guess in this character's mind, it's better to descend from slave owners and have been raised on a plantation than it is to be poor. Uh, Which like maybe, you know, maybe to uh, moderate, Democrats, like the one Candace Bergen is portraying, that's true. But it's there's a there's a so there's like a socioeconomic like social point that this movie like I don't think is trying to make, but is like accidentally running into. That's just hard anyway. Yeah, anyway, you slice it. Yeah, one of the things that we both talked about what last night was that this movie is at once like. A Confederate apology movie, and yeah, her father's time. like a Confederate reenactor in a really, really icky way. Right. 
just in general, like as a side note, I don't know, even if you were a Union soldier, like why are we reenacting the Civil War? Like, yeah, reenacting the Civil War is weird, but especially when you're reenacting <laughs> the losing, the like traitor side that owned slaves. And he's supposed to be this like quirky, sweet dad. And you're just like, he is voting for Trump. <laughs> Not in 2002, but yeah. Um, yeah, but then it also, like, and, you know, we've talked a lot about, like, what's the movie's perspective? And the movie is not well written enough that we ever really know what the movie's perspective is. Um, but Reese Witherspoon's perspective, or, like, her character's perspective, is that her town, her parents, everyone she grew up with is, like, less than her. So there's like redneck trash. They use the word redneck a lot. Yeah. She just thinks of them as like white trash. And at like one point she's drunk and she's like, I am better than them. So there's, there's like this like Southern pride aspect at the same time that the, that like we're really diminishing like working class Southerners and making some pretty broad, like stereotypes about like working class Southerners. Yes, and then at the same time, it also, like, loves the Confederacy. And this, like, I, I, I think there's a better written version of this movie that addresses those, like, very real dichotomies that exist in this country, and particularly in the southern half of this country. But this isn't it. And you and no one's point of view, the movie's point of view, no character's point of view is ever strong enough to sort of make you feel good about either one of those things. It hates poor people and it and it doesn't hate the Confederacy enough. <laughs> well, and it's all real muddy because like you could make the argument that. Like ultimately, you know, because she chooses spoiler Josh Lucas she chooses Josh Lucas and she makes peace with her past that it doesn't hate that side but it spent the whole movie talking about like you need a passport to come down here and these people just like you know relive their high school glory days and they're like, stupid nobody they're has a dream tra- right there's like a woman with a baby in a bar like it's very it's very my mom said yesterday like before she and I went to sleep she was like acknowledging all of that stuff there are parts of this movie I liked were the parts that made that I love about the south that our mother loved about growing up in the south the like fair and the line dancing and the country music and mm-hmm. the Dolly Parton and there are things that as daughters of a southern woman you think like oh that is a, there are lovely parts of southern tradition in this country but then all of it, that's that's few and far between. So then the rest of it is just like, like criticizing what like shit Southern people are and how like stupid and trashy and not in a smart enough way and not in a way that she ever really has to sort of come to terms with that. There's like, it's like very muddy where she, you're right, like she ends up with him and, you know, she chooses that part of herself, but she never really makes amends or comes to terms with why it is she thinks that way. So the movie never really apologizes for the point of view of Southerners are dumb. 
And it's all focused on white Southerners. Like, there isn't a huge population of the South that are Black people. I don't know. It's just very... It's hard to watch this movie (laughs) now. And because it's not super well written and none of that is super flushed out, it's hard to, like, make excuses for any of it. She, like, in the identity she's created for herself, there's, like, a... um like profile of her and the line is like her daddy's in cotton and all that that implies like that's the identity she's chosen for herself yeah like again she chose to align herself with slave owning history rather than be seen as poor and i think that's supposed to be some sort of like indication of her character but that's not clear enough and also that's not a character i want to root for like that's not a character i give a shit about i don't want her to succeed i want her to fucking come to terms with how goddamn racist she is (laughs) like yeah yikes there's all this talk about the identity she chose for herself as this like plantation in the town she grew up in and there's all this talk about how like beautiful it is which like aesthetically yes and then you think about the history of a plantation and like it's beautiful because you know people in slavery built it i don't know there's all this talk about how beautiful the plantation is and what like you know how stunning it is and then the wedding is held there and just like in a 2020 viewing of it and there's no criticism of the wedding being held there there's nobody ever being like think of the atrocities that were committed on this land by the people in this movie's ancestors. <laughs> like, it's just like a beautiful, they're just using this plantation as like a beautiful representation of the South without coming to terms with the fact that plantations are representative of the darkest part of American history that still exists today in many forms in a way that's like really, really icky to watch in 2020. Regardless of this, movie's point of view on southerners it's a complete whitewashing of the south which yes the south is not completely white there are four black characters in this movie three of them have one line each the security guard at the bank the post office clerk and the housekeeper at the plantation the most notable black character is her best one of her best friends from new york who is at once gay and black and is a complete stereotype there's nothing flushed out about him he's a fashion designer who is a stereotypical gay man and we have one other gay character in ethan Embry, who she outs which we'll talk about and we pair them off at the end because they're the two gay characters in this movie even though they have nothing Nothing in in common. common and we haven't developed them in any way as like making sense in a relationship no they just like look at each other and they're like attracted to each other because that's how homosexuality works you are attracted to any person of the same sex that you see it's like and i mean let's talk about the housekeeper at the plantation like again you have four black characters none of whom have any agency or really any point to this movie and one of them you're going to make work on a plantation guys (laughs) like there was not a black person with any level of agency at any point in this movie making process. And it shows. Yeah. 
let's let's talk about her outing Ethan Embry. Yeah, so there's this scene where she gets drunk and she's like railing against all of like against her past and all the people in her past that she's in this bar with, which is just gross like anyway because yeah. like you're in their home. I mean, you're in a bar, but like you're in their town. Well, and Josh Lucas says that. Like Josh Lucas is the most I mean, there are some problems with her, his character and we'll get that, but he's like he and their like high school friends are the most redeemable parts of it. Like she's not a re- super redeemable character. And he says that to her. He's like, you can't come to these people's house and tell them their life is worthless. Right. Nor is it like. Nor is it because they're right. not like fucking New York fashion designers. So she's like railing against everyone. And Ethan Embry says something to sort of like get back at her. And so then she outs him. And not even in like, there's no, it's like supposed to be a joke in the way that she outs him, but it's not well written. So she's just like, why don't you just go to a gay bar? Right. And it's like, first of all, you're an awful person. And second of all, like, you're not funny. And then they have a reconciliation. Yeah, she apologizes. And then everyone's like fine with him being gay, which is good. Yeah. But again, it's Josh Lucas being like, does anyone have a problem with this? And everyone's like, no. And he's like, good. Like, it's just Josh Lucas doing the right thing. And right. And we all make excuses for Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. That's not a great moment. It's not. It's not. And she does, like, she goes to apologize to people. But there's, you don't see, other than she was like, oh, I was mean. And I guess, like, we're supposed to believe that she does have a heart. We don't see her sort of have this. There's no character development in why she starts to, like, become endeared to these people and endeared to her town, which, you know, four minutes ago in the movie, she was fucking calling them all redneck idiots. Like, it's just, there's just no... We don't get a lot of development for, like, why she has such disdain for her town and her family. We get, like, a little bit of a backstory about, like, she and her mom have never really gotten along because her mom kind of always wanted, like, something bigger and better for her. And she got pregnant right out of high school and then miscarried and she and Josh Lucas like talk a little bit about the trauma of that but they but it's it's very offhanded so we don't like we just start out with her having this like disdain for everyone without really developing like where that came from and so then when she starts like goes on this apology to her it's not real clear like what growth is happening no yeah, and the miscarriage story is, like, maybe the most interesting part of this movie, but you're right, it's not fleshed out, and it's also, like, in my brain, and maybe this is because the movie's, it's a 2002 movie, but I'm like, okay, so they were, they got pregnant when they were theoretically teenagers, and then they miscarried, and she's heartbroken about it, but, like, it also seems like the a different version of that story is, or like the way you expect that story to go since they were so young is that she got pregnant and didn't want to have a child. So she got an abortion and that's like, they're they, like this movie's not willing to go anywhere near that, which is fine. Like miscarriages happen and that's a different kind of trauma, but it like, it's just never really talked about. So we don't know like if they wanted a child or if they felt like it was something they were strapped with or like it's just super muddy and sort of it's like it feels like they're just trying not to offend anyone with the way they talk about this and so it just like isn't a fully fleshed out story 
Well, she does that. She has one line where she says that, like, when she miscarried, she felt relieved. And then she felt really guilty that she felt relieved and she just needed a new life. Yeah. And, and like you, you said, like, that was maybe the most interesting, interesting conversation. And it's like, if we had kind of followed that through, and obviously, like, in a rom-com way, I'm not looking for, like, you know, like, the marriage story here. But, like, you know, I think that that could have flushed out her character a little bit more um, if we kind of followed that to its natural. And if that felt like it was a part of the story the entire time, but that right. conversation feels so out of place with the rest of this movie. Right. And it comes like, I don't know, Way probably an late. hour and a half in. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no sort of like indication that something else happened. Like there's no, we're not like waiting for the revelation of why she left. She just hates it. So it can come an hour in if they're like, you know, alluding to something. But instead, then one day they're like in a dog graveyard and she's being like, I miscarried. And you're like, okay, like what? <laughs> right. It It's just sloppy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a super well-written movie. And I think that's its biggest downfall. I mean, the, the dialogue's real stilted. There's not a lot of like naturalness to the dialogue. We both No, I, remarked- at one point was like, I'm going to start taking... I'm going to start drinking every time there's like a horribly clunkily written like expositional line, except I would be wasted. Like mom at one point was like at the beginning was like Patrick Dempsey and Reese Witherspoon are both good actors. Why are they acting so horribly? And I was like, because the writing is horrible. Like the best actor in the world can't make bad dialogue sound natural. I, I think I'm giving the movie too much credit. There is something to be said for like Reese Witherspoon and Patrick Dempsey have zero chemistry which a lot of that is dialogue particularly because we know those are two people who can act the hell out of a love affair we've seen them do it in other contexts it might be i don't think patrick dempsey's a great actor that might be the only thing he can do right but he doesn't do it here right um and there is chemistry. I do think there's chemistry between Reese Witherspoon and Josh Lucas. Like immediately mm-hmm. there's better chemistry between them. And so like I I kind of was like maybe the movie did that on purpose. Yeah, like that fits. Like you, you're not supposed to want her to end up with Patrick Dempsey. But he's such a sort of like wooden character. Mm-hmm. And then in the end he like does the right thing and lets her walk out on their wedding without like being a dick about it and it's like his character is very muddy. It's like He's wooden and he disagrees with his, like, power-hungry, like, Clinton-esque mother. Like, his mother is a, supposed to be, like, Hillary Clinton-esque. And he sort of, you know, talks back to her and, and is critical of her. But never strong enough. He still, like, is very much a part of her life and her world and lets her dictate his choices. But then he, like, defends Reese Witherspoon but just sort of mildly like he has no, his character has no personality. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing to root for or against. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can make him kind of a shitty person. So you don't want her to end up with him or you can make him really wonderful and just not the man for her. So that there's like conflict there. And this movie doesn't do either of those things. No. So like you said, I had the, I own the DVD and I have watched the, like extras or whatever and there was a whole storyline that got cut I think rightfully so there was a whole storyline where like Reese Witherspoon had a protege and she and Dempsey have a connection and they never end up cheating but there's always sort of like this 
connection and this unspoken chemistry between them and he's ultimately she is ultimately who he ends up with and I think that by cutting that storyline the movie is trying to lean more toward the like he's a good guy just not the right guy for her Mm -hmm. but it but then by cutting the storyline you also just sort of like take away everything that developed his character in some way separate from interesting or watchable in any way um we also like he's given a best friend who we only see once like he speaks once and then he's like his and again like i don't want this movie to be any longer god forbid but a good movie should be this length and have all of that and still be able to develop its characters right it's like there has to be a middle ground between like an Apatowian long movie where you give a shit about everyone and the writing is good it's just four hours long and this where it's like a tight 90 minutes and you don't and and everything is bad right there's gotta be there is a middle ground and it's you know all the other good rom-coms we've talked about right it's just it's not it wasn't fun there were moments that were fun like I, I agree with mom there are things about the south that we have a level of nostalgia for so like a county fair is fun to watch dolly parton like the music is fun and with and there's no but there's no fun or life in the characters or the story or the movie it's just i think the supporting cast is like chock full of really talented actors and they are doing the damn best they can i mean the three leads are talented actors too but i i think that like the supporting i mean you like you have Mary Kay Place, Gene Smart, Candace Bergen, Melanie Linsky, Ethan Embry. I mean, these are characters. It's a great supporting cast of people I love to watch. And they cannot fix this movie. No. And they try really hard. They all have moments where they are fun to watch or they have great lines. But it doesn't it doesn't fix the the flaws in the movie. And like, honestly, I like Gene Smart does next to nothing in this movie except like show up and she plays josh lucas's mother and like give him good advice in like a weird wig and a southern drawl and i love gene smart type 1 diabetic queen but they don't give her anything to do even ethan Embry and mel like melanie linsky and maybe it's 2002 so we just didn't i don't i think in 2020 we don't give melanie linsky the respect she deserves i think she's one of the best actors working but they they just like I except for like every now and then like a quirky line there there's nothing fun about it and it's all in the movie like they are you can tell they are trying they are good actors and and people that are generally fun to watch and it's just duds yeah and at one point Bobby Ray Ethan Embry's character said like what's a plantation if not just a pretty farm no no Bobby Ray they are not the same thing. Right. I mean, that's not Ethan Embry's fault, but it was one of those lines where I was like, oh boy, that's that's the point of view we're taking here. Yeah. And no one, and it's not like a line that's then supposed to, like the point of view of this movie is not critiquing that thought process at all. They're just like, yep, plantations and farms, same thing. Ethan Embry's character is maybe like the most interesting, most fun to watch character. Like I kind of want his rom-com. Right, because he's like a gay guy living in a small Alabama town. Like, well, it's also Ethan Embry. Like, I just think he's, he just is, 
I just love him. Honestly, Ethan like Embry I think can I, do so much with so little, which I think yeah. is why, what bothers me about this movie. That thing you do is one of both of our favorite movies. He has the smallest, like smallest of the bigger parts in that movie of the band mates, he's right. the least developed. And he, and whenever he's on screen, he's so fun to watch and right. so funny. And part of that is it's a really well-written movie. Right. It's annoying how talented Tom Hanks is at things, but he can also write a really fun movie, and that movie is fun. And so it's fun to watch Ethan Embry be a doofus. Mm-hmm. This movie, sh- Tom Hanks needed to come in and do like a quick pass on it because it's not fun. I so and in terms of the two leads, we've talked we talked about Patrick Dempsey when we talked about Bridget Jones's Diary, and we said that like. Dempsey need like he is best when he's kind of like the nice charming lead guy and then you need somebody else to be the actual love interest or like the well no I I think what we said when when with Bridget Jones was like he's like the the leading guy and then you need like the foil and yeah here like he was supposed to be the foil and I again like I don't think that plays to his strengths I think what plays to his strengths are you know being Derek Shepard or be when you have the McSteamy and then or being like the enchanted guy you know yeah he and like look I don't I don't have like strong negative feelings towards Patrick Dempsey's and but like he's never the guy you're he is sort of like boring handsome guy mm-hmm. yeah and so without Enchanted without James Marston isn't, uh, or like, not even just James Marston, or Amy Adams, isn't an interesting movie. Like, the only reason we can, Enchanted gets away with handsome, boring guy is because you have funny guy doing the acting work. The only reason you like Derek Shepard is like handsome and boring and like, like staunch in his beliefs, but he's not fun. You need McSteamy to bring the fun. And which is why uh, the second McSteamy died, I was like, peace, I'm out. I have no interest in this show anymore. Well, and I also think like what worked about like the Derek and Meredith storyline is that like, honestly, Ellen Pompeo was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean, and the thing about, I think, I mean, you're more familiar with Shondaland than I am, but, like, the women do more. Like, I wasn't watching Grey's Anatomy, or, like, the primary reason I was watching Grey's Anatomy was not to find out if Derek and Meredith ended up together. That was a given. I wanted to watch her relationship with Christina. I wanted to watch, um, for what it was worth at the beginning, Alex and Izzy's relationship. I... I wanted to watch and became one of the people that watched Grey's Anatomy long past when a lot of people did McSteamy and Lexi's relationship. And I don't, I didn't care about Derek Shepard. I don't care about Patrick Dempsey as an actor. Well, and I think like the fact that the show has survived for, I don't know, like four to, I don't even remember when he died. 18,000 years. <laughs> um, like it's survived well past his tenure on the show and I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that first of all it's just still like a well-written show but I think the the, it it was not centered around Meredith and Derek as much as we thought maybe and I think Derek wasn't bringing as much as we maybe thought he was in the beginning yeah I think that's all true I also just think it's set up to be a show and we'll find this out if Ellen Pompeo ever decides to leave that 
lives past its legacy. Like, maybe it can't survive without her. But that she might be the only character with whom it can't survive without. It's like an ER. Like... Right. Well, and I think we're getting a little, like, away from the point, but I think, like, in the context of this movie, you know, I think Derek, Derek, I think Patrick Dempsey, (laughs) This is not a Grey's Anatomy podcast. (laughs) He does a good job of, like, being handsome, charming, boring guy with good hair, which is really all this movie needed him to do. Yeah. Because Josh Uh, Lucas is interesting. Yeah. But then I'm just still kind of bored. Yeah. Well, because I think because Reese Witherspoon's character isn't all that likable or interesting or fleshed yeah. out. You know, and if we're going to talk about other, like, I think our problem with Bridget Jones' baby was, like, we already right. have handsome, boring guy. And nobody does handsome, boring guy like Colin Firth. And you're yeah. not Hugh Grant. Like, we didn't need that character in Bridget Jones' baby. The problem in this is, like, oh, you have the other character. You have the, like, edgier like, scruffy guy. But I don't give a shit who she ends up with. Right. I'm not endeared to this woman. She's not interesting or fleshed out or behaving in a way that seems like well, a human Well, and, like, to behave. make Reese Witherspoon unappealing, you gotta work really hard. Yeah! To make me not care about Reese Witherspoon, something's gone terribly wrong. And I think that might be the only... I think that might be the only reason this movie is still like that people liked it at all is because like with any other actress you'd be like the fuck but it's reese witherspoon so she gets away with you know people like i like reese witherspoon she's charming so she's playing an awful character and you're sort of like okay but like i like reese witherspoon but it has nothing to do with the movie the character is also not purposely awful like reese Reese witherspoon more recently has played like purposely awful human beings who the story is telling you are awful human beings which is genius casting because she's playing these like right. suburban moms that you're supposed to love. But that's that are not awful what this movie beings. was trying to do. This movie was not, you know, Mm-mm. doing the little fires everywhere or the big little lies where you're like, you're not supposed to like this woman. Um, she was your romantic lead. She was you were supposed to be rooting for her. And it was hard to get there. Yeah. I do love Josh Lucas. I think that that was sort of like the one remaining thing for me in this movie is I do find him appealing. I don't. He is handsome, handsome AF. I don't think that he. I'm glad that he, whether it was him or somebody on his team or just the roles weren't there or whatever, but like the fact that he didn't try to go the leading guy route, I think was smart. I think that he does bring a little bit more of like a character actor presence to a movie and so i'm not sure that if he tried to do the rom-com lead thing that it would have worked out for him maybe he did and then pivoted i don't know i don't know enough about his career but he definitely nowadays is doing more character acty prestige kind of stuff and i think that that works a lot better for what he's bringing to the table there is a line in the first scene where josh lucas and reese witherspoon uh see each other again and they're fighting where he makes I mean, we're going to call it a joke, but they're fighting, and I'm not sure. I think the movie thinks it's a joke, and the character does not, but he makes a quip about finding a gun and shooting her, which... No, he doesn't. You know. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. There's a joke about, like, I, I get my rifle and sh- shoot her off his property. He makes a joke about, like, she says, like, did you miss me? And he said, at this, like, 
range I'm less likely to miss, but he's like holding something in his hand. It's not a gun. He's talking about like what he's holding in his hand. Mm, I'm not sure that he is. Well, that was, I mean, my, cause he's like tossing. I mean, it doesn't make it a better line. I mean, I like your interpretation better. I, he's never making, he never makes a reference to a gun. No, but the range I'm less likely to miss has always read to me like a joke about shooting her. Okay, I think you might be overthinking that one, but it that line has never really bothered me. What there are a couple and again, I think it's this movie's view on Southern Americans, but there are a couple lines in that vein of they get drunk and beat their wife. Like like the at one point like when the sheriff shows up and he's like he makes some comment about like he like wants her off the property and then the sheriff finds out that they're like still married and he's like, well, this is just a domestic dispute. I'm going to get myself out of here. And it's like, I don't know. There, It's just. I think the movie, like, I do think it leans real hard into like boys will be boys and like, you know, men just need a woman to take care of them. Like Southern men just need a woman to take care of them. Um, and you know like there's she and her dad are talking about their her wedding to josh lucas and she says like he showed up drunk he was still drunk from the night before he puked all over my dress and her dad's like well can you blame him and she's like yeah yeah i can you know like i think there's just this sort of like well all shucks like boys will be boys and again i like the movie just like has this assumption that like like working class or like low-income southerners are like shitty men and like need women to like handle them. But like, again, it's just also like this, like the movie just looking down on its characters in a way that just doesn't quite work. Yeah. At one point they make a reference to bologna cake and Carrie said, what's bologna cake? And mom said, I don't know. We fried our bologna. We didn't put it in a cake. Gross. You know what else made this movie worth it? Is Reese Witherspoon's like rockin' two thousand and two haircut that we all tried to have? Oh my god, it's such like a two thousand and two. It's such flip. a like. I mean, we all tried it. It was like a layered bob, which is not a good look. I mean, she, she had it. Well. The father actually shouts at the end of the movie, "The South will rise again!" And I, if he threw a yeehaw at the end of it, I would not be surprised. <laughs> like, you don't want the South to rise again. When people say that, they're referring to a time when they could own human beings. <laughs> I'm bleeding out of my eyes. And I think, you know, not to make apologies for this movie, but I don't know that in 2002 we were, white people were having the same conversations around, like, Confederate apology. But at the same time, like, we knew, like, we knew what plantation stood for. We knew what the South stood for. It's just like there wasn't a lot of, like, critical thinking that went into this movie. Yeah, we white people weren't having those conversations, but not because those conversations were not available to us. It's because we were too chicken shit to take part in them. Like, white people's journey to racial reparations and racial justice in this country has been long and it has been slow. And the fact that it took me until, you know, I watched this movie in like May or June, like, recently after George Floyd. And to be fair, I hadn't watched the movie in a long time, but it wasn't until then when I can be like, wow, yeah, this is fucked up. Whereas before we could watch it and yeah. be like, this is fun. <laughs> like, I think you're right. I think 
these weren't conversations we were having in 2002, but they were certainly conversations black people have been having for, you know, since we enslaved them. It's just, it's just like it, this movie doesn't have a place in 2020. Nor is it like good enough to, you know, we've talked about like problematic movies that we still like have a soft spot for. And this isn't a good enough movie to achieve that. Yeah, it doesn't make me like the idea that I got to had to go back and watch it recently after just watching it. Like I didn't want to. I don't. I will not go back to this movie and watch it again. What are we watching next week? Great question. I'm pulling up the spreadsheet. I hope it's something less racist. But you never know. Oh, we're watching Bride and Prejudice. Not Pride and Prejudice. Bride and Prejudice. Another one of Carrie's favorites from her childhood DVD collection. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a fun one. Fun. I honest, I I haven't seen it since I was a teenager, but I know that there's singing and dancing. It has like a real like Mamma Mia, here we go again feel where like it's banana pants and it doesn't always make a lot of sense, but you're going to enjoy yourself the whole time. You can find us on the internet. We are on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast and Facebook at Rocket Woman. <laughs> Come and find us. Tell us Thank what you, you. want to know in Alabama. Let us know about your predictions for Bride and Prejudice. Yeah. And um, yeah, please, uh, as always, please uh, rate and review. It, it's very helpful and we appreciate it. Um, yeah. Bye. Bye.